0: Hello, I'm James Fitzsimons and welcome to The Career Scoop, a podcast all about career progression, advice and experiences aimed at assisting those who are in a career transition. Today, my guest is Rob Muldowney, co-founder of COVID Interns. COVID Interns is a social enterprise platform connecting organizations struggling with the commercial challenges of COVID-19 with volunteer university students and graduates who can help. They have made over 220 successful placements since June 2020. Their volunteers want to make lasting differences in their communities by helping local businesses navigate COVID-19, all while gaining valuable work experience along the way. Rob is also currently working in retail partnerships at Let's Get Checked, managing sales through large retailers such as CVS and Walmart. I'm delighted to welcome you to the show, Rob.
1: Thanks, James. No, it's a pleasure to, pleasure to be here. I look forward to it. That's, that's great. So
0: do you want to just share with us a little bit about your background? Uh, I, I, again, I know you, you, you're the co-founder of COVID Interns. So you might just give us a
1: quick overview as to how, the, how this has uh, materialized. Sure. So uh, I graduated from my college course last year. I studied global business in Trinity, where I met a good friend of mine, Paddy Ryder, and um, we were actually writing up some notes for our final year exams when we began first discussing the idea for COVID interns. Um, Paddy himself was looking for internships in finance, and a few of her classmates had also had their internships pulled and jobs rescinded. So we were really starting to see the brunt of the pandemic and how it was affecting people our age. So this was in May 2020, so right when the pandemic was really uncertain, we didn't know what its effects were going to be, but we were starting to see it. And uh, we were just kind of chatting while we were, we were on the phone writing notes um, over Zoom. It's just starting to gain popularity at that time, and um, we we ended up kind of going on a bit of a tangent about it and coming up with the idea. So um, really, the, the idea came from my college course and me graduating around that time. I was fortunate enough to get a job in Let's Get Checked, where I still work as a retail partnerships manager. Um, and I began doing COVID interns before starting the job with Patty. and then we eventually expanded the team, as I'm sure we'll kind of touch on throughout the podcast. Uh, but yeah, that's kind of me in a nutshell. Just graduated from Trinity. That's really where I had the um, the experience to, to have the idea. And then, yeah, that's my um, employment status at the moment. Mm-hmm. Great, that's fabulous.
0: And being being an entrepreneur in college or just out of college, what were your fears going in? And then, I mean, you're how long now? You're the guts of a year up and running.
1: Yeah, just over a year. Um, certainly, and was this kind of fears going into the job? The fears or just going, going
0: in, and now looking back at they probably and I know they weren't the real fears, probably, or they weren't the real stuff that could go wrong. I'm just curious of going into it, what you could see and then now looking backwards and say, okay, that's not really important. Here's, here's for really, real stuff that kind of might have kept me awake at night.
1: Yeah, so I suppose like one of the things that I didn't really anticipate was starting in a role completely remote. It's hard to get a relationship, a strong relationship with your coworkers and really understand um, the nonverbal uh, expressions that they might have. So, one of the things is someone might shoot you back an email and you're, you're not really sure what tone to interpret it in. So I found that really difficult at the start, just kind of building relationships and understanding different messages from a tone perspective. It's something I didn't really think about and certainly it's it's very specific to COVID. Um, also joining Let's Get Check, it's a company that's going on a million miles an hour. So really keeping up with the pace of, of change is something... I'd never worked at a startup before, uh, one that was really scaling quickly. So, um, yeah, just really dealing with things as, as they're happening and happening at a rate that's quite uncomfortable, but you know, it's a good problem to have. So I didn't really know to have those fears going in, but certainly I was confronted with them early on. But uh, you learn to, learn to deal with them quickly, of course. That, that's interesting. And were you surprised with some
0: of the stuff that might have um, Brought to maybe the odd sleepless night, and then some of the stuff that wasn't such a big problem. We thought it might be, and you just drove through it. Have you any examples where stuff might have might have happened around that?
1: Yeah, I suppose so. I I started off in a sales role, and I had no sales experience, and I didn't really have like a, a sales manager giving me a sales script, so I kind of had to make it up as I was going along. And I was definitely very anxious about that because I felt like I was inexperienced. But within a few weeks of doing the job I learned it very quickly so that's one thing you know you definitely learn the skills that you need for the job quickly and you have the supports around you so it's very fortunate let's check to have those Um, so that's something that was perhaps a little bit more in my head than it should have been okay and how about rejection rejection well you you get rejection every day from the clients that you're trying to sell to and all that Um, one one of the things is and let's get checked, great um great learning environment, so would not have perceived much rejection internally. But on the on the phones, I suppose you just kind of keep going. Uh, it's good thing about COVID. So I was selling COVID tests to businesses, there was no shortage of businesses that were interested. So you just go on
0: to the next one. Oh, that's interesting. And if you look back at your education, say in college or in or in second level, um, would you have liked to have maybe a course on rejection and how to how to work through
1: it? Yeah, certainly. I think that would be uh, that would be useful, like especially when you're applying for jobs. Um, you know, one of the really key things about COVID interns is that it offers kind of a, a new market of opportunities to pursue. Um, just kind of pivoting to, to COVID interns, a, a lot of people face rejection all the time when they're applying for roles, and uh, you know, you're constantly trying to feel out the room to to get all the different opportunities. Um, and I, I get the sense that a lot of people are very, um, very dismayed when they get rejected by by offers, uh, especially at the big corporates now that they're, you know, it's so competitive even in normal circumstances. But when they have a reason to kind of constrict the amount of places that are open to applicants, you know, the environment for rejection is even greater. So, uh, yeah, I think. You might be right and it wouldn't be uh it would be most relevant now when it's so hard to to get a job and, and to get internships.
0: And what would you say, you know, to, to anyone who might be listening to this, who might be 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, or could be 32, 33, uh, are, are around uh, staying in a positive space, uh, there will be an opportunity.
1: Keep trying. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, like before I started Let's Get Checked, I was sending around applications. I, I didn't know when something was going to come through and I ended up getting something that, you know, probably would have trumped every other option that I was applying for beforehand. So you never know how things are going to work out. Um, you just have to kind of keep trucking along and even the best candidates are going to have some rejections. Um, you know, just if you keep putting yourself in a position to, to get an acceptance Um you know, eventually it will, it will come. So if you, if you keep doing the right things, eventually it will, it will pay dividends. Um, and that, that's true for any any age group. It doesn't have to be just recent graduates. It can be current students, or as you said, early 30s, uh, anything like that. That's
0: interesting. And let's bring it back to, to COVID interns. So that takes up a certain amount of your week. You're kind of doing that part-time, I presume, at night, in the evenings, weekends,
1: yeah. Uh, so essentially, I work a kind of nine to six hour uh, day with, with Let's Get Checked. Early on in, in my Let's Get Checked career, I was working American hours. So I was actually working more 12 to 9, doing COVID interns in the morning for a bit. Um, you know, try, try to um, fill my free time with, with some COVID intern stuff as much as possible. A lot of it's interacting with clients, uh, getting on the phone and pitching it to prospective, prospective clients or maybe especially when it first came out, we had a decent bit of media coverage and we were applying for applying for competitions. So really interacting in, in that sense and getting those over the line or or speaking with journalists and that. So um, yeah, no, it was it was busy especially at the start and really it required uh, nine till nine shifts from Patty and and then Andrew joined really recently when I started Let's get checked. But before that we were all working very hard to launch it and, um, and and take care of our clients uh, as best as we could. But um, yeah, no, now now it's all in free time and it requires a bit of work on the weekend, a bit of work after after my actual work finishes. Um, but it's great and I feel very energized by it. It's not like kind of worn out, getting back to the desk after a long day. Um, you kind of have this renewed motivation or energy to do it.
0: And what are the buzz moments? Are they making the placement or solving that problem in vertical comments that someone's looking for somebody, somebody's looking for something, and you make the match? Is that the buzz? or, or And then people, everybody's happy about it and there's a bit of
1: buzz, a bit of, bit of uh, energy comes off it? Yeah, there's a few buzz points. Uh, definitely when you make the placement, you get, you get a buzz. But the way we work is we give a grace period of three weeks of working with the candidate. And when the business comes back to us and says, yeah, no, I really like working with them. I'm going to continue with them. I think that's really the, the buzz point because they've gone through that grace period and now it's going to work going forward. So I'd say that's probably the, the biggest buzz point. And then also, once we start, so we have a, a testimonial Tuesday and a business partner highlight that we run on the socials every week. So we go back and interact with past clients, past candidates that were successful, and we ask them about their experiences through COVID interns. And it's always um, it's always great to hear the positive reviews because you know it's people's lives that you've helped. Especially as a recent graduate, I can really relate to the students that have um, sourced roles through us. So when you hear the kind words and and how it's just affected their uh, their professional development, that's another huge buzz that you get
0: okay that's interesting because obviously part of my you part of my world is recruitment so a lot of those words resonate resonate with me and do, do you find now you're established over a year you've uh, you're saying two about 220 placements so far uh, type of clients uh don't want you to name them but just give a sense of kind of sectors and maybe some
1: sizes yeah, so we're very sector agnostic. We've made placements ranging from, you know, very diverse uh, clients, say, charities, uh, recent startups, um, some tech companies as well, looking for salespeople and marketers. Those would probably be our bread and butter. Um, but you know, we really like we've made placements in law firms, which we never really expected. Um, you know, it's just been really diverse. We've placed engineers, graphic designers, uh, but our, our central theme would be digital marketers, salespeople, some, um, some graphic, uh, graphic designers with SMEs that are mostly in the tech space and a lot of charities as well. So we, we do pride ourselves on being a social enterprise with a social impact missions. So uh, the charities and nonprofits are very important to us as well. That's that 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 that's good. And I,
0: are you finding that some people are interns and they get offered, they they get offered a full time job?
1: Yeah, no, we get that quite often. And um, I was able to place a few classmates of mine from from college and even before that with some great companies, and they secured full time roles. So it's it's always great to see that as well, especially in the climate that's so tough to get a job. If they can convert their micro placement to a full-time role, um, it's really great news for all involved. And it's, it's a testament to the value that, of the service that we offer.
0: And I mean, I know you've been in, in, in this, this position for a year. What have you learned about the shopping list of ingredients of certain companies? At the end of the day, there's experience, but then there's the person. So that that person, that that, that graduate or that undergraduate that you're approaching about this job, how do you screen in or screen out? What are you looking for in those graduates?
1: Yes, yeah, so like it will be very based on our conversations with the clients initially. If they really have a strong culture that they want to see reflected in the candidates that we send over, you know, we keep a lookout for that. We chat with all the candidates that we that we get in and start proposing for us. So we do screen for those sorts of things. Um, we do have placement executives that are working um, with the clients and the and the candidates throughout the week. And, uh, you yeah, know, they'll make special notes of that and, and really offer kind of a, a hand-picked solution for the client. So if they say, you know, we need someone who's you know, very versed in the kind of Irish or Dublin commercial scene. It's likely that you'll need someone from Dublin or something like that. So um, like we keep all those asterisks um, at the top of the mind. Um, and yeah, no, we, we do offer the screening services as well. Ultimately, it is up to the, to the business to say, okay, this person is a fit, but the way it works with COVID interns is we'd put you in touch with the candidates and you'd have final say. There's um, no pressure from our end to go through with the, uh, go through with the proposal. Um, and then we also offer that grace period. What we found is the technical skills will get you in the door and, and get you an interview, but really what sticks are people that are cultural fit and and get along with the um with the employer. And with that it's there's no substitute for just being agreeable and a good team player. So it's down to all the human stuff really, isn't it? That I want to work with you. Exactly. Like that's what that's what really gets you the offer and, and gets you gets you stuck in. So for that someone like you a
0: year or two years behind you, what advice would you give them?
1: Yeah, focus, is, focus as much on the uh, hard skills as the soft. Um, again, you know they're hiring someone to be a part of their team. So you want to present yourself as a good team player as well, someone who's going to work well with others for the shared goals of the, of the client or the organization. Um, of course, you do need to work on your hard skills as well. And now that we have a bit of downtime, or at least we had a bit of downtime with lockdowns, it was the perfect time to, to do it. But, you know, fear not if you, if you didn't. Um, you know, there's there's still time. If you're in college, we all know that there's time in between lectures and you have six weeks off at Christmas, plenty off at summer. You know, there's there's always time to add to your hard skills, but it's kind of keeping a balance of both. Don't focus too much on one or the other because in reality, you're going to need a decent mix of both and then um, to yeah, be a good cultural fit, present yourself as a, as a team player. But it's
0: also the ability to be able to orally present To actually say, this is who I am. This is why I think you should hire me. This is where I think I'm going to fit. Are you you find now that you're giving some some small supports to some of your your candidates who just who may not be there yet uh, uh, to help them kind of um, maybe present themselves, their brand, maybe in a clearer
1: way. Yeah, certainly, as we kind of build out our offering, that's something that's going to be a major focus. we have done that, especially with some finance candidates. Uh, Paddy, my co-founder who I mentioned, uh, he's recruiting for finance roles. And of course, they have to be really on the ball for um, for getting interviews and progressing through those interviews because it's such a competitive space. So has had a lot of, um, and, and Andrew as well, they've had great insight in terms of what makes a successful finance candidate. And a few times they've gotten the phone with them and done mock interviews and sent them over some tips and some uh, yeah, finance Bible recruiting stuff that, that they've accumulated. So yeah, there has been a bit of that going on, but certainly we're planning to flesh it out far more um, as the months go on. That's great.
0: And what have you plans for the next year or will you, will you be double-jobbing? Uh, I've got to be careful around that, obviously, uh, uh, for you to answer. But I mean,
1: what are your plans? Do you
0: want to grow this business?
1: Certainly, yeah. No, we're keeping it going on the side. Um, I think the appetite for micro-placements is strong. It's, it, you know, We're called COVID interns, but our offering is very much independent of COVID. It's very tricky to get jobs at the moment, very competitive, and micro-placements can really help you uh, set yourself aside, especially at the moment. Because if you're Student looking to get a bit of experience, you might have to wait to summer to do something in Deloitte or something like that. But if you're interested in digital marketing, and you have a bit of time throughout the semesters of college year. Why not do a micro placement in something a little bit more related to sales or marketing, something like that? So that when you graduate, you, you've got that um, you've got that experience on your CV, and you can be more um, be more of a competitive candidate. So you know that's not necessarily related to COVID. I think COVID accelerate the demand for that because there are a lot of students at a loose end, but we see it still uh, still holding up. As long as it holds up, I think there's going to be a, a space for COVID interns and and yeah, we'll keep it going on the side as, as long as we possibly can. We've seen it generate a lot of value for the clients that we work with and, and students as well. So yeah, why not keep it going? And uh, yeah, I won't call it double jobbing because you know, I've got my primary job and COVID interns side hustle and, and it's that way for all of the team members. But certainly, we we do employ those placement executives now. They're they're salaried, so they're working um, part-time. The two of them working together in terms of like a full-time shift. So we've got full-time manpower on it. Um, So there's no reason why it can't persist. And um, I think it it will, and and to create a bell. No, I think it's great.
0: Tell me about networking, because to set up a business okay, you've had the idea, yourself and Patty, let's have a go. You kind of have an old plan-ish, uh, maybe a bit of budget, because that's what you're told, to, told to, to have. But then you've got to ring up the phone to get the first client. Do you want to bring me through that journey? I'm curious as to how how that happened and the story behind that.
1: Yeah, no, it was it was huge for COVID interns networking because the first clients that we got were through our network. Um, yeah, I called up my cousin and uh, he works with SMEs for a living. And uh, you know he put us in touch with a few of, his, uh, few of the people in his network. So we were expanding our network as we were doing it. And we pitched the idea to them. And then all of a sudden, we were able to get a few people signed up and start headhunting for their roles. And the more happy clients you have, the more word of mouth and people spread it around. So networking was huge for us getting our initial clients. And we also... The other thing would have been just organic um, organic media that we were putting up on LinkedIn and uh, people liking that. But again, that would have been people in our networks showing support, tagging people that they know that might benefit from the service. So really, it was, it was huge for us. Um, eventually, word spread pretty quickly about COVID interns to people who might like it. And that's really a testament to networking both directly asking people for contacts that might be interested and also indirectly by posting things online and, and people share it around f- for you because they want to see it succeed and or, or and/or they know people who might benefit from it.
0: That's great. And this has all been done virtually. And, and that's the bit that's, that's, that's quite, um, it's quite brilliant in one level because people say, well, how can you network virtually? How can you go to people you don't know-ish
1: and say, hey, buy my service? Yeah, sir. Cert- like, definitely, one of the things we have said, like, LinkedIn's been so important for us growing us. Like, I don't think we would have touched a hundredth of the uh, of the people that we did without uh, LinkedIn being able to share a message. Not that we ever necessarily went completely viral or anything, but it, it got shared around to the point that we did have people getting onto us steadily throughout the week so We didn't have to spend any money on advertising. You know, that's really significant. So. It's never been uh, so easy to catch, get the word out online and, and network with people online. Especially, I don't know what it is about LinkedIn, but the culture is very much that you can just reach out to someone with a cold DM and it seems like half the time they get back to you and kind of work on something with you. So people on LinkedIn are kind of primed to work together with other people on opportunities. So um, yes, yeah, it's, it's something that I found a little bit surprising because I, I didn't used to be the type of person that would be <laughs> reaching out to people cold on, on LinkedIn. I think Paddy may have been a little bit more of that uh, because you know he was going for those finance roles and he was well accustomed to it. But um, certainly when I started doing it, I realized you know people are there to help. I was kind of blown away by how forthcoming people were with, with helping you. That's a really important
0: point to, to some of our listeners is that if you're not in, you can't win. You've got to knock on the door. Uh, we, we had a great uh, guy called Derek uh, Kenyon who uh, works in Hong Kong and he runs an international recruitment company. And he talks about you knock on the door. The, you know, the worst thing can happen is it's not open. So in, in the sense of, of, of you going out there, talking to people and having the confidence to do it, just to say to the, the people who say, well, I could never do that. What, what would you say to them?
1: Yeah, well, like you definitely can, and I used to be that person myself, as I was saying. So um, once you get in the habit of it, really, if you do it once or twice, you'll you'll see the value. Um, one of the things that I say to people that are looking to get the job that we're putting them forward for through COVID interns is, you know, reach out to the hiring manager, reach out to the to the head of business, and and ask them for insights, ask them for a fifteen minute coffee, or Better yet, if it's like a suitably sized organization, you can reach out to someone at the level that you're hoping to get in at, get some of the insights, uh, really get the nuances of it so that when you're in the interview, you feel not only do you come across as very informed, you know, you are very informed and you're making more appropriate decisions about going for the interview or, and, and what to say in it. Um, definitely, I, I won't ever apply for a job, again, without reaching out to people in the organization and getting those insights Um, and then from a sales perspective not just recruiting um, you know you can't sell to people if they don't know who you are and they don't know what you're offering so you you do have to be um, quite outgoing with that and that was definitely a struggle to me at the start like I remember in addition to uh, calling up the likes of my cousin for example I remember just going through local businesses I'm living in Terreneur so just got out Google and started typing in some of the local restaurants and small businesses, things like that, getting the phone numbers and then calling them up, um, asking if I could speak to the manager, if anyone might be interested in some help with their SEO or marketing and something like that as, as they pivot online in response to the first lockdown. And uh, yeah, no, a few told me to feck off and some didn't really respond, but others said, yeah, no, I'll put you in touch and um, ended up having some really great chats and, and getting some clients in. So, uh, yeah, definitely like there's, it's an asymmetrical bet. I mean, there's no, um, there's very little downside. You get like a blunt message, that's it. And think about the upside. You could get the job, you can get the, get the client, whatever it is.
0: Yeah. And would you find, and I, I'm a little bit older, a little bit older than you, is that a lot of people have, have they might be older or they might look more senior uh, in, in, in their position or status in the company. We've all walked a similar journey. So most people or most senior people are open to someone knocking on their door, but doing it succinctly and making the pitch the right way. They may open it up and have that give that advice or give that conversation. Do you find that, that if it's done the right way, it can be hugely powerful?
1: Yeah, of course. If you're speaking to people, you need to be polite and kind of understand the constraints of their schedule, things like that. So, you know, you do need to, it's not just about reaching out. You have to know how to do it the right way as well. There are plenty of templates and things like that out there, but of course, eventually you're going to have to use your own kind of social skill and kind of gauge it. Um, you know, I'm not the master of reaching out to people online, but I have been doing it now for, for months through COVID interns. Um So, you do find yourself improving at it. You're not necessarily going to write the perfect cold email when you first start out, but um, a few things, you know, just keep at it and it'll improve. And better yet, to avoid making the kind of first hand mistakes, speak to people that have gone through it before and try to get as much insight from them as as possible in terms of how to do it. There's plenty of YouTube videos, all sorts of things that you can learn from uh, to help you kind of better interact with people. That, um, that you're hoping to get some help from or call cold email in, in any sort of regard, uh, especially for senior people. You, you do need to speak a certain way to, to senior people for there to be results through reaching out to them.
0: Yeah, because I think it, they're used to a certain tone of language to so try to mirror that so you get them to actually stop and listen. But, that, that takes, but a little bit of coaching from somebody like yourself would help somebody, would, would, would I suppose, make them aware of that because it's all about awareness
1: of what your audience is. Exactly. and then At the end of the day, you're reaching out to someone to help you out of the goodness of their heart. They're going to be willing to do it if they, if they like you and if you're respectful. But if you're not coming across as particularly likeful or respectful, they're not going to be bothered, are they? So, uh, yeah, tone is extremely important. And, yeah, mentoring and that is, is invaluable. What you're getting
0: from, 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 from this journey and obviously from your two jobs, is that you get a buzz from it, and there's a, there's a great sense of achievement um, of of having an idea, both of you, and making it happen. And obviously, it's growing. It's it's very, I mean, most businesses fail within five years. Uh, your business looks like it's it's uh, um, it's hugely successful, and then taking it to the next level and and and, and, ne- and next level. Um, you you were saying before that you've got to see in a year's time maybe where you might go with this. Uh, Where would you like to take it? It, I'll give you no constraints. Worldwide domination. Well, let's say Ireland, Europe, then worldwide domination. What would you do?
1: Yeah, I suppose it'd make a really seamless platform where anyone can go on and and search for opportunities in their their area and then sign up to a program where we help them kind of get prepared for it, um, really help them maximize the opportunity of applying for the role but um, really helping as many SMEs and charities as possible in their recruiting because at the moment, college students just think about kind of big four and big tech. They might not think about the value of working for an SME where you'll wear many hats and learn lots of things. Um, So, yeah, in terms of world domination... Yeah, we we don't necessarily really think that way because we do treat it as our side hustle, and it's um yes, it's something you know we're looking to solve the problem in Ireland and the UK. That's not to say different things haven't fallen into our net. Uh, One of the maybe I don't know if it's a funny story, but a funny quip that we can make is that we've made placements from New York to Singapore, um, which is is technically true. So. I do agree that there's you know there's a big opportunity out there for SME recruiting micro placements um and you know we'll address as much of as much of it as we possibly can.
0: it's oh, great, and I can still hear your passion and the buzz you're getting from remembering back into some of the some 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 of the kind of uh, uh, stories and um, we talked about networking, we talked about the business when, when you're on the mar- can we get into the marketing bit because Again, I'm, I'm a little bit older, as I said, and I understand how powerful LinkedIn is now. It just is really, it's so powerful. It gives you access to nearly everybody. And if you approach it the right way, how do you do you have databases? How, how, do you keep, how do you keep fresh with your clients? Is that newsletters or is that old or is that posts up on LinkedIn or a monthly call to a client to say, how are you getting on? How's the COVID intern doing? Do you need anybody else? Do you want to just bring us through how, what's your strategy around that or how does that actually work in reality?
1: Yeah, initially, one of the, I think one of the key things we did well with COVID interns was the brand. Like, We're not branding experts. We're very much just starting out as, as amateurs. But we knew what we were talking about because we were students with anxieties ourselves. So telling a story around that was very natural to us. I think it resonated with a lot of people because it was authentic. Um, so I think that was important at the start. And then we, we did get a few nice press pieces, which were great for sustaining um, a bit of client intake, people hearing about us and reaching out. So we were in the Financial Times and the Irish Times, eventually CNBC. Um, you know, Things like that were very unexpected, but I think those articles came from our story being a good one. And the way we told it was, it was authentic, it was real and and it resonated. So I think firstly, from a marketing perspective, it was kind of getting a bit of a brand together around kind of for students, by students, students, helping SMEs, charities and startups navigate this really tricky pandemic, which, you know, there's very little positive, um, positive news in the media about the pandemic at that time. So that was another thing, you know, COVID entrance was kind of a bit of a, of a bright spot in an otherwise very, very dark area. Um, and then in terms of sustaining that, uh, we we have launched a newsletter, as you said. We are very active on our socials. We post those um, testimonies, business partner highlights. So we're telling people about the work we're doing and we're getting our community members involved and, and engaged. And that's been very key as well. Um, after the kind of the buzz of the initial idea and, and spreading it across the uh, across LinkedIn, and etc uh, that kind of subsided oh that's that's so
0: it's online and, and, and I'm thinking also for an individual so if somebody wants to make their their virtual profile uh, in, in essence so it's it's creating the, the the LinkedIn and having the social media outputs that are aligned with it uh, and what are the channels that that are the most important
1: for for candidates in particular maybe for candidates i th- i like I, i've been so hot on linkedin now ever since we launched covid interns that you know i'd recommend it to any candidate that's looking to go for roles not only is it important to present that um that image of yourself online so that people can discover you also if you're reaching out to people um you know they're going to have a quick look at your profile and, and see kind of what you are and what you're interested in So, um, for discoverability and then also going out and and interacting with people to try and get jobs, those insights that help get jobs, as we were discussing before, it's so, so important. So, yeah, no, LinkedIn is extremely important. Like I've heard about people setting up their own websites and making kind of career focused uh, Twitter accounts, that sort of thing. I personally don't have either, so I can't really speak to that, but LinkedIn is, is so important. That's you and Donald Trump. Really? Yeah. With no Twitter account. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I, he was, he was asked from his though. I just never made one. <laughs> uh, but uh, so, so LinkedIn, um,
0: Instagram, Facebook, I'm just curious to see, uh, are, there, TikTok, are there any other kind of, you're seeing people are uh, the, the kind of what I call those more entertainment driven type of, of, of media?
1: Yeah, so with COVID interns, we do have an Instagram account where we highlight the um, various people that we've worked with, as I was saying, but also events coming up. Um, In terms of candidates using it, I've never heard of candidates using Instagram to further their candidacy in something, but definitely you can can sell via Instagram. Um, Especially, I've seen a lot of edutainment, so education and entertainment kind of fused on Instagram and, and TikTok uh, very recently. A lot of it's career prep um, advice as well as kind of financial literacy stuff. So definitely there's, there's some quality stuff there. It's not just Kim Kardashian and, and the rest. Um, you, can, you can put stuff up there that, that people are gaining from, from an educational perspective. But you'd, be, you'd have to have a little old plan, a little goal in place while you're doing that. So it
0: all has to kind of connect-ish.
1: Definitely, yeah. And, you know, that's up to the person that's that's doing it. Um, with COVID interns, yeah, we've got the Instagram, we've got the LinkedIn. I think the Instagram is particularly important for interacting with the younger demographic, whereas LinkedIn is the older. Not, obviously, we're a two-sided platform, so we rely on both to really sustain placements being made. So that works for our strategy, as you say, having the two of them.
0: That's great. And when you were maybe a teenager, did you have a kind of career in mind to be a footballer or to be a bartender or to... Is there anything that you always wanted to do?
1: Kind of that dream the dream job per se. Yeah, my uh, footballer dreams were dashed pretty early on. Um, didn't, didn't quite have the talent for it. But uh, no, I always wanted to do something entrepreneurial or be involved with startups. Um, I did know that I wanted to go and do business in college, which I did. And then coming out of college, I'm able to work in hyper growth startup that just got unicorn status there and then also have something on the side which is entrepreneurial so really um my, my appetite for all that's very satisfied uh at the moment but yeah that was always kind of my north star
0: okay but you're like you're putting a few ships in uh so you
1: know like you're busy and it
0: takes that doesn't it to kind of make it happen
1: yeah, definitely. And at, at the start, like I was extremely busy when I was just starting up the new job and we were launching COVID interns. Um, you know, it takes a lot of work at the start, but it's, it's quite front loaded. Eventually, you'll get a, a handle on on both things and you'll be able to kind of carve out more recreational time than you, you would at the start. But uh, you'll, you'll thank yourself if, if you've got these kind of ideas and you want to put them into place. Like it's worth the effort that you put in at the start because you look back and You'll have the value that it's created and uh, yeah, you'll be very happy that you did it. So like, I don't ever look back on COVID interns and think, yeah, no, it was loads of time. Um, I, I just think, yeah, no, it was so great to do that. Create a lot of value for me and a lot of other people as well. So one of the only downs that I
0: can think is that you weren't able to have a Christmas party uh, last year because you weren't able to have a Christmas party.
1: Uh, exactly. Yeah, uh, I will blame COVID for that as well. Uh, but
0: that's not a bad. That's not a bad. A bad. A bad thing to to to. You know, uh, if that's what the only thing you can blame. Um. So, uh, this is a hard question. Five years, ten years for you, and nearly an impossible question. Where would you like? Where would you like to be? Uh, maybe, and uh, uh, not necessarily career wise. Maybe the type of company, type of job, how that might present, as in. For you getting a better bed to say great, I'm looking forward to today.
1: Yeah, no, it's definitely a question I don't really have all the answers to, but um, I think in the midterm, I'm looking to do an MBA. Um, eventually, I want to be kind of a manager, sort of lead something, whether it's a division in a company or my own thing, I don't really know, but um, yeah, just get into a leadership position or a managerial position, I think the MBA would be important for that. But, um, you know, definitely have a really open mind to different industries, uh, different different types of roles, uh, really enjoying the healthcare space, really enjoying the recruitment space um, at the moment. So I think there's plenty of other industries that I'd be interested in too. To be honest, it's it's just where opportunities present themselves. And how have you grown
0: as a person in the last year experience and the kind of worldwide experience one and you letting go maybe some of your fears too and your view
1: on maybe that bigger commercial world. Yes, I've definitely grown a lot since starting up in the new role and then also starting a a startup. You have to be a leader sometimes and, and really roll up your sleeves, if you don't do it, then no one will. So it teaches you leadership skills and just you'll get an appreciation for hard work and that you have to put it in. Um, One of the things that I used to be apprehensive about is public speaking or doing podcasts, and here we are, and I've done a few more podcasts beforehand. So um, definitely growing in that department as well. And then, yeah, just personal responsibility and taking ownership for things, Uh, especially with COVID interns. If if you don't do it, no one will, like I said. So, um, yeah, really being accountable to yourself and putting in the work when no one's kind of standing over you and telling you to when you're just doing it for your team or for yourself. Um, So, yeah, kind of being self-motivated.
0: Okay. And my delicate question is, you're looking very worried there. But um, you know, in a startup, there's a lot of energy. There's, things can go wrong. How do you navigate all that between your, your, your partner and, and, and Paddy and yourself that, okay, sometimes the heat of battle, everybody's got to step away. And it's not always easy. It's not, it can't be as orchestrated. How did you kind of learn to disagree and then agree?
1: Yeah, so I think one of the things that maybe I was a little bit worried about is we're all friends of COVID interns that, that are working in the team. I I thought that might lead to complications, but actually, it it means that we can resolve conflicts very, very easily because we're all confident that the other person has uh, their best interest in mind. You know, it's you might see things differently, but you're all coming together for what the team wants, what COVID interns wants. There's very little kind of ego-based thinking, so um, we resolve. Conflicts actually very quickly, like, you know, I'm on a podcast speaking publicly about it, but like that's actually the truth. You know, we uh, we kind of go away after hearing the other side and then come back and kind of hash out a, a solution. And it's, it's easy to do that when you don't think the other person has any sort of malign intentions or they're kind of thinking about themselves, something like that. It's all about what is um, kind of best for the collective. So you, you just see people eye to eye, even if you're disagreeing
0: okay that's a very mature response i wish i wish i learned that uh, uh, many years ago in the sense like that or maybe some of your because uh, our company's sme i get that but it's lovely the way lovely articulate how you did it and said so you kind of just, yeah, i suppose maybe your generation i got to be careful saying that but people do they open it up and they talk about it they're upfront about it rather than you know six months later well you did this and i did i didn't like it all that well, that maybe of, of of generations ahead of you, maybe that that. But it's lovely to hear that flexibility. Um, I suppose I have two more questions. Um, and my first question is that repeating slightly, but that kind of twenty two year old who's just they've thrown the towel in. It just have me, and not everybody's been able to glass half full over the last year and a half. What would you say to them just to get them to stop? And what would the Things they could just right see a little bit of light.
1: Firstly, I think understand that you're definitely not alone, and it's not a reflection of kind of your your value as a person or your value as a candidate. It's so hard to get jobs at the moment if you're facing rejection, and that's kind of taking a toll on your confidence as it would. You know, just just know that there's plenty of that going on, and um, really really solid candidates getting turned away for roles. Like, we've covered interns. We've proposed candidates to, to jobs. They've been well-qualified, but just because of the competition, they're not getting it. So they'll get a rejection back and then they might think, oh, I wasn't good enough. But in reality, they were good enough, but someone was maybe just a little bit better or they might have had one hard skill or one kind of uh, interview moment that set them aside. And, um, you know, stuff like that. It's very much a bounce the ball thing. So don't judge yourself by kind of rejections going back because you could have been tantalizingly close. So um, just understand that it's a competitive world at the moment and you're just going to have to keep going and eventually you'll find something. So uh, yeah, don't be down and out about it and kind of take a step back and and realize that it's not a reflection of you. It's it's just the kind of landscape at the moment. Also reach out to your mates and, you know, vocalize it and get their opinions and, Get their bit of energy. Definitely. Yeah. No. And, and that kind of goes back. Like when you have a mentor as well, it can be mates or it can be people that you say you might see them in a role that you'd like. And you say, you know, I've, I've had a tough time going for roles at the moment. Would you mind hopping on a quick call and, and giving some insights on how you did it? Um, and confiding in that, in that sense, is also going to help you. It's, it's good to kind of not keep things bottled up. Uh, it can be mates. That's a great one. And then also when you're kind of putting the work in to get roles, when you're confiding in people that are kind of lending you a hand and and extending extending that hand of friendship themselves, you know that's also going to help things. That's good.
0: Actually, I have another question about mentorship, which you, you you kind of provoked there. Have you been had a few people over the last couple of years that you've been able to? Oops, we're 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 not sure about this. Or what do you think about this? Or
1: uh, it's, I don't get quite what you mean actually
0: well like a mentor like someone who's maybe been, who's who's maybe gone through startup or you might have a situation or problem that you don't you just don't have the reference point where to start and you might say how would you do this and someone might say yeah we'll try this or do that or talk to Joe over there and he, he or she knows all about about this situation
1: yeah so like if you reach out to someone and they they don't have the expertise to advise you on it oftentimes they'll put you in touch with someone who does so um know reaching out to someone can never really end. And we were talking about it earlier. It's it's an asymmetrical bet. You know, the worst thing that could possibly happen is nothing. Best thing is, you know, you you get put in touch with the person that that does have the expertise. Um you know there's been times where I've asked people for for advice and they haven't had it. But oftentimes they they will put me in touch with the the source of truth on it. Um again it's just the importance of reaching out and, and chancing your arm. And that's
0: again making the cold call or or just knocking on someone's door. Well prepared, give the case, and then most people are very. In your experience, most people, say, okay, I'll try help you.
1: Yeah, and it wouldn't just be my experience. I think yeah. like everyone would remark on that. Um, so it like for any listeners that that wouldn't be in a habit of reaching out and wouldn't feel like they could. Uh, definitely, like this is something that I think is uh, quite a common theme with people who do it. They're always kind of. Taken aback by, um, by how forthcoming people are. That's good to kind of.
0: And my last question: I normally ask people five words to describe your business journey so far, but let's stay with that. Five journeys over the last year and a bit. How would you? How would you?
1: What words would you use? So, firstly, I'd say surprising. Um, we started COVID interns as a very small initiative to help ten to fifteen businesses. Ended up being over two hundred and twenty, so it's been full of surprises. I'd say energizing. Um, I always felt like maybe starting up something, in addition to having a job, would be exhausting. I found it's been the opposite, and just means that you kind of go, go into everything with a lot more energy. And if you're really enjoying what you do after work as well, it's, it's just kind of good for your, um, good for your mood. Um, and yeah, no, I've even when I was kind of putting in big shifts, I always felt very energized. Um, fulfilling as well, like the first summer of uh, COVID interns was completely pro bono. So we were working for no pay, just working to uh, kind of get that buzz we were talking about earlier helping people. Um, and that was extremely fulfilling, especially when you knew the people involved, you know, just the extent to which you're helping them. Um, and then uh, exciting in terms of the opportunities that exist ahead. So uh, the journey to date has been exciting, but I'm very excited by the opportunities that lay ahead. We were talking about this earlier, just there's there's plenty of scope to, to grow, it, grow it further. Um, and then, yeah, edifying as well. Um, I found it to be an experience where I've, I've learned a huge amount about myself and um You know, I was talking about leadership traits. You know, I could go on and on about that because I'd never really been in a position before to really take ownership of something and and push myself like that. Um, You kind of face your fears because, you know, if you don't do a podcast, then no one else is going to do it. So I remember the first podcast I did was with that great business show and I was uh, extremely nervous for it. But I stepped up to the plate and did it and I don't think I would have done that beforehand if I didn't have position in COVID interns where I have to do it um so yeah edifying where you're learning loads about yourself and kind of growing as a person
0: that's great I think that that's wonderful wonderful words wonderful tips and Rob I want to thank you so much for taking your time out of your very busy day uh to to talk to the career scoop and I want to wish you all the best in, in the next year wherever that may take you
1: thanks James no it's a real pleasure and uh Hopefully I've said some things that are insightful for some of your listeners, but no, it was, uh, it was a real pleasure. That's great. And do you want to get, just give the contact details
0: for for uh, COVID interns? Just to, to, to...
1: Absolutely. Yeah, so we're on LinkedIn and Instagram as COVID interns, but you can reach out to us directly via our website, which is www.covidinterns.com, or you can email us at info at covidinterns.com as well.
0: That's great. And for anyone listen, listening, whether it be a candidate or, or a potential uh, customer. Uh, just, I think, what, what I've heard, I've been hugely impressed. I think it's such a such a, great, a great business and uh, for all the right reasons, particularly in the times we're in. Rob, thank you so much again. Cheers, James. It was a pleasure. Thank you for listening to The Career Scoop, brought to you by Elevate Career Advice and Elevate Executive Selection, Dublin and Bermuda. I'm James Fitzsimons, and I hope you've enjoyed listening. Join us next week for more episodes of The Careers Scoop. Have a great day.